Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. We are going to be talking about discomfort. This episode is one I've alluded to in a couple different episodes, and I talk about it and around it, and it sort of comes up, but I want to get directly at it because it is something that transformed how I show up, and my clients are now using it to tap into themselves and truly know what they want and know how to use the sensation of discomfort And I'll describe more what that's like in a minute, but to know how to use it for them, to give them direction and guidance as necessary and when to just let it go and release it. And if there's one thing for you to leave this episode with, here's what it is. There's two levels of discomfort. There's discomfort at the ego level and discomfort at the soul level. And this is important for us to distinguish because when we realize the two levels, then we know when to use discomfort as a sign to lean in and when to use it to mean move on, say no, and go in a different direction. So that is what we'll be covering in this episode. Now, before we get into that, I want to share a work win. And this win is an incredible one, I have to say, for anyone who's ever experienced anxiety and it stopped them from pursuing maybe a social event, maybe a club or organization that they've wanted to be a part of, but their anxiety feels like it gets in the way. And here's what I want to share with you. This client of mine came to me for career help. And as a part of that, they had this other area they wanted to get involved in. And there was a specific organization that met weekly that was open to the public that she could join in on, but she hadn't yet. She had the actual date of the meeting in her calendar and had had it in her calendar for months before we started working together. But she always found a reason not to go to the meeting. And what I want to share with you now is this client has gone to this meeting, shown up, gone and done the thing that used to give her so much anxiety that she used to come up with excuse after excuse for to stop her from going. She worked through those so she could show up and go to this meeting and meet people and participate in this organization that she'd been wanting to participate in for months and had stopped herself from doing. So congratulations to this client. This win is not only a win for this moment, for right now, but for years to come because it shows this client that she can move through the discomfort that she's experiencing, do the thing that makes her feel so anxious, work through the anxiety and show up as herself and do what she's been called to do. So for anyone experiencing anxiety 
Or maybe it's a different type of uncomfortable sensation that you're experiencing about something that you truly want to pursue, but the discomfort is stopping you. The anxiety, the pressure, whatever it is, is keeping you stuck. I want you to know you're not alone and you can make moves to change this. So if you want help with this, I have a group coaching program that is starting soon. And in this program, we will be diving in to tapping into your self-confidence. Many of the techniques that I used with my client that I just shared about that helped her to then go into this meeting to help her to get over some of that social anxiety that was stopping her and truly show up to help her sift through the excuses her brain was telling her or the reason she wasn't going and actually get to the heart of it that she was scared that she was fearful of being rejected that she was afraid she wouldn't know what to say to help her to get to the heart of that to coach her through it to the point where she felt confident enough to show up for her herself and for the people in that meeting so she could shine and share her brilliance with them to help her to get there we had to work through what was coming up in her mind and in her body and to do that my group coaching program can help i go over many of the same techniques and you get opportunities to get coached so we can specifically dive into your mind see what's stopping you, help you work through it so you can fully show up in your life and do the things you want to do because you are meant to do them. So thank you to this client for being an incredible example of what is possible for us when we're willing to guide ourselves through it, not from a place of forceful effort where we're beating down on ourselves to try to force ourselves through, but from a place of genuine compassion and connection to ourselves. We all can have this. You can have this too. All right, this takes us right into today's episode all about discomfort. And here's what I want you to know. People talk about feeling uncomfortable in a lot of different ways. And I want you to know, first, we're going to talk about what I mean by discomfort. Then we're going to talk about the types of discomfort. And then we'll talk about how to help yourself through them and use them for you to guide you forward. And again, the key is knowing there are levels of discomfort. And when you know there are levels, you can start to decipher what type of discomfort am I experiencing and how can I use it for me. To begin with, what is discomfort? Discomfort is a sensation that you experience. It is not a thought, but it is more of a bodily sensation or an emotion. It might show up as a literal feeling in your body, like when you're just feeling like something isn't right and your body almost has like a chaotic hum to it, like there's some type of inner turmoil happening where it's just not satisfied. Something is off. It just feels off. Have you ever been so worked up that you feel like you could puke? Like not like you're sick with the flu, but you literally are like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to vomit here. (laughs) I have been there and I've actually had um, quite an experience with this where discomfort was so intense that it literally made me ill. I didn't catch a flu 
all of a sudden and then it go away all of a sudden. No, this was a sign of discomfort from my body letting me know something was off. Letting me know I was holding on to something and it was time to let it go. So it can be very physical. It can feel like that knot in the stomach. It can feel like shivers all over you. It can feel like a queasiness. It can feel like your heart is skipping. It can feel like a shallow breath or like you can't quite catch your breath. Like things are just feeling very out of whack and out of sync and out of balance. It has a physical quality to it. It can also be a tension, a big pain in your shoulders, or have you ever had that lump in your throat sensation? That could be it too. Like sometimes I'll notice there's this discomfort in the back of my throat and it almost feels like there's like a yawn trapped there. That's how it can feel too. It can also be emotional. It can, it can be both too, but the emotional wave is you might feel very anxious. You might feel very angry, very frustrated. You might feel grief or sorrow. For me, it tends to show up either as anxiety or as anger. And this is what I notice with my clients as well. It tends to be one of those. I haven't had it be so much as sorrow, but sometimes uh, for certain clients, it'll, it'll be more like shame. The discomfort will be shame that they will feel. And I want you to notice these emotions, not to judge them or ask why they're there, because that's really not the point of today's episode. The point is to notice the discomfort and know how to use it. So at this point in the episode, don't ask questions about why is this there. That'll come up. But for right now, you would just notice it might be any of those things. And sometimes it's quite subtle. Sometimes you don't notice it in your day-to-day. But if you were to take a pause right now and close your eyes, almost like a sign to yourself what we're looking inward now, and connect with your body, as in, focus inward on you. That's what I mean when I say connect with your body. You don't have to do anything other than make your focus inward. Is there any tightness? Is there any tension? Is there any emotion? Where is it? Sometimes for me, it's just like this little tiny ball of material, I would say. It's not even a big sensation. It might be marble-sized with the density of a marble, very tight and heavy, but just one little spot and not, not like dragging me down, but just there. That's a discomfort as well. So the first thing we want to do is notice it. And the only way we can notice it is if we get out of our head. We don't want to be in the spin of our head because that isn't where the answers are. That isn't our place to decipher what's happening because often the head really magnifies the discomfort or ignores the discomfort without knowing how to work with the discomfort. The head often makes it into a bad thing 
which means it's either going to try to attack it or avoid it. Or act like it's not even there, so deny it. (laughs) And none of those are solutions that we want to pursue. So what I want you to do is get out of the thinking right now. Don't worry, brain. There will be a time and place for that. But for right now, in this moment, we want to get out of the thinking and into the feeling, emotionally and or physically, and noticing, just bringing the awareness to where it is in our body. Is it in your jaw? Is it in the back of your throat? Is it like right over your heart? It might not feel like it's in your body. It might feel like it's hovering right above it, like this cloak over it. So it might not be like it's literally in my stomach. It's above this stomach or whatever it is. Notice where it is for you. And even if your brain's like, yeah, but that's just there because of this injury we've experienced. Because of how I was running the other day, I tweaked my knee and that's why it's there. Just just, just put that aside. Don't have any reason right now. I just want you to tap into your own body and notice what's there without making it into anything. That's you meeting your discomfort. Not judging it, not deeming it as good or bad, but just noticing that it is there. And we have our bodies for a reason. We are energy in human form. And that means there's a reason we have these bodies. Because if we didn't need these bodies, these bodies that come with these physical, emotional sensations, if we didn't need that, then we wouldn't be in this body. We wouldn't be in this earth school in the first place. So the fact that we have a body is a sign to us that we're meant to use the body. And if we're meant to use the body and learn from the body, that means whatever the body presents us with isn't there to take us down, but there to guide and help us forward. So whatever we're experiencing, whatever the sensation is, it's meant as our tool. It's meant as this thing to give us some insight, some wisdom, some prodding in whatever direction is next for us. This doesn't mean we have to magnify and try to overanalyze and create meaning out of every little thing. Because that's us, again, getting in our head. And the head is a tool, but it's not the only tool. And often, in today's world, it's the main tool we use. So I'd like us to not focus so much on that tool and instead use the body and use the emotional body as a tool as well. Those are tools too. So this helps us not villainize or be angry at what's experienced in us but instead to acknowledge it's there. And if you did notice that the emotional discomfort you have is anger, don't get angry at yourself for being angry. Just say, I'm angry. That's the discomfort that I'm experiencing. That's what it is. And it can even help to notice where it is and the size of it. If this makes you get really analytical, where you're like, hmm, Let's see, where is it in my body here? Huh, let me really scan this. Hmm. And how do I describe this? And you start thinking about all the different ways you could describe it, then don't go there. Just refocus on the spot and don't try to label or describe it to yourself. I only want you to notice the size 
and the quality of it if it helps you, not if it gets you in your head. Okay. That's what discomfort is. Now let's talk about the types of discomfort. I think of discomfort not really as a type, but as levels. There are levels of discomfort. And we want to know which level we're in because that will help us know how to move forward. There are discomforts that happen only at the ego level. And there are discomforts that happen only at the soul level. And there are discomforts that happen at both levels. So what do I mean by ego versus soul discomfort? When we talk about ego discomfort, some people might think that's a negative discomfort, and that is not what I mean. Remember, our discomfort is brought to us for a reason. It's not bad. It's a sign. So when I use the word ego, I don't want you to think that's synonymous with being egotistical or pompous. That's not what we're talking about. What I mean is it's a discomfort that's at that survival level. As a human, we develop our egos to help us survive. They are not bad. They are our tool to help us in this physical reality that we're in. This physical reality is quite different than an energetic reality that our soul might be used to. And it can be difficult to navigate. And the ego comes in, it's created to give us structure, to help us plan forward, to help us interact with and live and work in this physical world that we're in. So we want to see our ego as our ally, not the enemy, but our ally. And we say that because then when I say there's discomfort at the ego level, it means that it's that survival part of us saying, We're uncomfortable because we think we could die. And the ego has different motives here. It wants to keep us safe. It wants to help us survive. It wants to conserve our energy. And sometimes it also wants us to feel comfortable. It wants to keep us in a place without pain. Because from the ego perspective, pain is bad. Because pain means something's wrong with the physical body says the ego. This is the ego's perspective here. And if that's the case, it wants to get away from it or to attack it, to fight it, or to deny it's even there because it might not know what to do with it and it doesn't want to waste its energy on it. So discomfort at the ego level comes from our human fears. Fear of rejection. Fear of social isolation. Fear of embarrassment. Fear of ridicule. Fear of being denied love. Fear of being denied support. Fear of not being safe. Fear of not being respected. Fear of not having your own tribe, your own group of people. Who understand you. So fear of being misunderstood. And if we were to boil down and ask ourselves, so what? Or why are we afraid? Why, ego? Why are you afraid? 
why, 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 or so what, so what, so what? If we were to keep asking ourselves that question, and I do this with my clients and I ask them these questions, where it always lands, if we keep going and we keep going and we keep going, is death. And this is the ego's greatest fear, the fear of death. And when we have discomfort at the ego level, it's coming from this place of a fear of death, a fear of elimination, of being gone. And it's a very real fear for us and our egos because, like we mentioned earlier, that our soul created this ego to help us in this physical life. That would imply that the ego would die at the end of this physical life. And so, of course, the ego does not want to be gone. And so anything that can lead to that potential path, it's going to be afraid of. So discomfort at the ego level is coming from our human fears. But it often connects things too far. Like our ego is our mind trying to make sense of this world. Humans are meaning-making machines. And if it's presented with something that it doesn't know, the ego will often respond with fear and make up a story about it. Because it wants to understand. Because it doesn't want to be faced with an experience that it doesn't know how to respond to. So it's always going to try to create meaning. And if no meaning can be found, it's afraid because it might mean that this thing could be the thing that takes it down. So let's take a moment and have some compassion for our egos. This is quite a world to live in. And when our ego feels like it's supposed to run the show, that puts so much pressure on it, so much pressure for it to try to survive. And it's such a sad joke if we just stay at the ego level because we all know we as humans die. The human dies. The body dies. So our ego is in this race that it can never outrun. Oh my goodness, can you imagine how that feels? You can because we all have these egos. We all have them. It's part of the human experience. So instead of getting annoyed with the fears that we experience, let's have a little bit of compassion. Let's have a little bit of a sense of understanding and knowing that our ego isn't trying to take us down or beat us down or keep us trapped. No, our ego is trying to keep us alive. And yet here we all know part of what we signed up for in this life is the physical human death, as in the body, we leave. The ego thinks this means that it's going to die too. And we don't even need to go there in this episode because depending on what lens you put on, you can say, yes, our ego does die eventually. If, if anything, maybe during your human life, depending on where you're at in your own actualization process, but always at that human end death, we could say it dies if you wear that lens. 
you could also put on a different lens because as we mentioned before, we are energy in human form, which gave us this physical body. But where did this physical body come from? It came from somewhere. It came from energy. And so everything at the root is energy, but it's manifested in different ways and different experiences. So if we take that route and apply it to the ego, we could say the ego is also an energy. And if it's also an energy, we know that energy can't be created or destroyed. It just is what it is. It's there. It just changes form then that also could mean our ego doesn't actually die. It changes form. It either dissolves into something different, as in changes form. It, it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes into something new, or the caterpillar in the cocoon we could Is the caterpillar destroyed in the cocoon? You could say yes, because it no longer looks like a caterpillar when it comes out of the cocoon. But you also could say, no, the caterpillar was not destroyed. It just changed form. It just changed form. It transformed us into something different. Like alchemy in itself, in this, in this caterpillar example, going from a caterpillar into its cocoon, really changing at that chemical level Coming out as a whole new looking creature. But did the caterpillar disappear? Is it gone? It looks like it's gone. We could say at one level it is gone. It's not there in that form anymore. It's evolved into a new experience. But we also could say the caterpillar is still there. It's just transformed into the butterfly. The caterpillar is still there. It just transformed into something new. So we also can say, okay, if we're saying that the caterpillar exists in the butterfly, then does the butterfly exist in the caterpillar? And we could say at one level, no, it hasn't had that experience yet. It hasn't tapped into that level of understanding yet. It hasn't gotten there yet. But at another level, we could say, yes. Its energy is there. The essence of it is there. It just hasn't been realized yet. It hasn't been focused or come together yet in that particular configuration to be the butterfly. But the butterfly exists within the caterpillar. Just like within every seed is the tree that hasn't yet been realized. We don't see the tree yet, so we think the tree isn't there. But the tree is within the seed. It's just waiting for certain experiences, certain maybe nutrients, certain qualities to present themselves in order for the tree to be realized, as in to form, as in to be manifested on this physical level. So to take this back to our original point around the ego and its concerns, at a very real level, we could say that, yeah, the ego is concerned it could die and it does die, just like the caterpillar may no longer seem to be there with the butterfly. But at an equally true, potentially truer level, we could also say, but it doesn't ever die because it's always there. It's just changed forms. It's like a kaleidoscope 
shifting into a new perspective. The previous pattern you see in that kaleidoscope doesn't seem like it's there anymore because you've switched the kaleidoscope into a new perspective. But the old pattern isn't dead. It's just there in a different configuration. That's what it is to be human. That's what it is for our ego. This might ease your ego at one level, but at the other level, your ego might just still be concerned about death. Our goal here is not to try to convince our ego. It's to be there for our ego and understand our ego and allow our ego to have its experience and also know that it's just one perspective. So that's a way for us to understand a little more about the ego level. And we'll tie this back to discomfort in a moment. But before we do, let's talk about the soul level. We hinted at the soul level already when we talked about energy. And I want to offer here that different people will talk about the soul in different ways. So my definition of soul might not match another teacher's or individual's definition of soul. And for you, I want you to use whatever word resonates with you. For me, soul resonates. Check in with yourself. Maybe you want to use that word too. Maybe it's spirit for you or maybe it's energy for you or higher self. Whatever word feels good to you, use it. I'm using soul. Use what works for you. But when I talk about soul, what I'm talking about is that individualized essence of who you are. It's the conduit between you and this physical world and all that there is at the energetic sense. So it is unique. It's individual. It's specific to you. It's just you at the energy level. And if we think about it at the energy level, what we're talking about is not your body, though your soul will use your body to communicate with you, not your emotions, though your emotions will help you connect with, understand your soul, and not your mind, though that subconscious part of you is connected to your soul, and your soul communicates to it, and it communicates to your soul so that you have a connection to the soul. So the soul is connected to your mind, to your heart or your emotions, and to your body. And it's a a two-way path here where, or bi-directional, where the soul is sending messages to all of that. And those aspects of you are receiving that. And they might ask questions or send things back to the soul for the soul to respond to. The thing that often happens, though, is we forget who's driving. Our ego thinks it's supposed to drive because it doesn't see physically see the soul. It isn't manifested in physical form. And so the ego is like, where's the soul? I I don't see it. I'm not auditorily hearing it. I'm not tasting it. Like, I don't, it's not present to me in some type of sense. So that must mean that I'm in charge. That's what the ego thinks. But the soul 
is truly in the driver's seat. It's just that our ego is like that passenger sitting next to the driver trying to take control. And that's the thing with the ego is it thinks it has to control everything. So it's like this passenger that has its foot on the pedals and hands on the wheel saying like, I'm going to drive this car here. And it's doing all these crazy maneuvers. Not always crazy. Sometimes they work out, but often they don't. And our soul is in the driver's seat being like, all right, ego, if you think this is going to help, do your thing. But here I am in the driver's seat and it could be so much easier if you let me take the wheel. The ego doesn't want to do that because it thinks that means that it won't be respected anymore or it won't be considered. And so the ego doesn't know how to let go of the wheel because it thinks letting go of the wheel means not getting to partake. But the truth is, the ego is our soul's tool, here to help us. It's meant to be a part of the experience, but it's not meant to drive the car. What does this mean for our ego? It means that it can allow the soul to drive, and the ego can ask questions, and it can be like the passengers who's saying, ooh, okay, I have an idea of a fun excursion, or, oh, you know what? We could actually get to this place by 5 p.m., and then it'll give us just enough time to go here by 7 p.m., or map out a new course of direction. It's there to support the soul, but it doesn't need to tell the soul what to do. It's there to offer structure, offer input, give ideas, if it wants, and mostly to ask questions to hear from our soul, to hear our soul's answer. Because the soul can benefit from the questions of our ego. Because it helps the soul come to a new perspective. There's a reason our soul came to this earth, and there's a reason the ego was part of this experience and was created for it. So it gives the soul something to react to, a whole new perspective, a whole new level of experiences to have, to come to new understandings, understandings that it already knows, but purposely forgets so that it can relearn it. You know how when you watch a movie that you know you saw maybe three years ago? So you already know the point. You already know how it's going to end. But you can't quite remember it all. And you rewatch it. And you're re-reminded of these things. But they hit you at a different level. Because of the person you are now is not the same as the person who watched that three years ago. And it's a whole new experience. Even though it's the same video, the same end result. It hits you so differently. We can think about that when we think about our soul in this body. And I bring this up because there seems to be what can feel like a battle within us. Where people think they're supposed to either live as that ego or live as that soul. And I want to offer that it's meant to be both because they're both here. And we are not our ego. We are our soul. But we've created this ego for us, to help us, to guide us, 
but mostly to ask questions to represent us with things that we get to re-experience to give our soul that aha moment again. That's what we mean when we talk about the soul and the ego working together. So that helps you to understand what we mean when we talk about soul versus ego. And now to tie this back to discomfort. We've talked about discomfort at the ego level and that fear. And sometimes the fear doesn't show up as anxiety. It might show up as anger or shame or guilt or a physical sensation. Now, the soul's discomfort is different because the soul's discomfort might feel the same way, but the source will determine what we do with it. We talked about the source of the ego discomfort from that fear of death, and we talked about how that can not necessarily mean you're actually afraid in that moment. It might be anger, it might be shame, or it might be guilt, whatever it might be, or it might just be a physical sensation. But the source of the discomfort when it's at the soul level has to do with self-expression. We each came to this earth for a reason. We have a mission. And I don't say this to confine you to a particular path. It's not like you're supposed to do X, Y, Z. Here's your detailed itinerary of everything that you're supposed to do. No, it's, it's more like a theme. And, and if you're feeling like, you don't know what that purpose is, or you're feeling really disconnected from it, my group coaching program is for you. We spend an entire week about how to identify and know your wants. And as a part of that, we talk about purpose and we talk about making decisions from that place, that soul-aligned space. So if that is something you want to get more clarity on and you want to truly tap into that purpose and live from it, Join me in the group coaching program. We dedicate an entire week to it, which means we have workshops on it and we have our group coaching call where you can be brought on and get coached live by me to really tap in and hear yourself. Join me in the group coaching program. That's the place that can help you. For now, what I'll say, don't think you're supposed to go and find this singular thing that you're supposed to do. It's a theme, and you get to play with how you want that theme to show up and how you want to use it, but let's play with it from a place that's connected with our soul, not from a what we're supposed to do or we should do or what society tells us to do, but from a being connected and tapped into that soul essence within each and every one of us so we can express ourselves in a genuine and authentic way. So when discomfort's coming from the soul, what it means is we are not connected to our own form of self-expression, our unique flavor, our unique theme that we're meant to bring. Something we're doing is out of alignment or out of whack with that, with that truth, that greater essence and purpose that we came here to bring. That's the source of it at the soul level. And when we experience discomfort at the soul level, it's there to guide us back to our truth. It's there to say, not this way, not this way. It's our sign to pull back, recalibrate to ourselves, and change direction. That might mean mean stopping what you're doing. It might mean changing how you're doing what you're currently doing. And it might be going in an entirely, 
entirely new direction. That's what it means when we have discomfort at the soul level. When we have discomfort at the ego level, that doesn't mean stop and do something different. It means, okay, our ego is afraid. But remember, our ego is not meant to drive the car. It thinks it's supposed to, but it's not meant to. So we want to process through it. It's a resistance we're being presented with. We want to allow it to be okay to have the resistance, but not require it to be there. We want to allow ourselves to release the resistance that we're feeling. And if this sounds really abstract, it's because I can't tell you a step-by-step for this is what to do. And even if I were to paint a step-by-step picture for you, it wouldn't really serve you. Because truly, this isn't something to think and hear. It's something to embody and experience. It's a process of actual releasing, of checking in where is that discomfort in my body, of exhaling out, 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 because that helps you to release, release, release. And allowing the emotion to let go, to release, to transform from the caterpillar into the butterfly as it feels safe to do. Sometimes your ego doesn't feel ready to let things go. Sometimes our ego holds on to emotions that don't feel good, like longing or sorrow or grief, but it's not ready yet to let go. And that's okay. We're not trying to force ourselves to let go of things our ego is truly clinging to. Because there might be a way that clinging to it is serving us. Our ego is holding on to it for a reason. We're not trying to forcefully chip things away. Like if you think about a child clinging to their teddy bear, we all know the child doesn't need the teddy bear. But the child doesn't, doesn't fully know that yet. So if we were to be like, you know what, kid? You don't need it. And rip that teddy bear out of that kid's hands, we might think we're doing them a service because we know they don't need the teddy bear. But the kid doesn't know they don't need the teddy bear. This child's going to be screaming at you, crying at you, throwing their fist up in a tizzy, not knowing what to do because you took the thing away that was giving them comfort. That's what it's like if we try to like forcefully excavate or take apart discomforts that our ego is clinging to that it's not ready to let go of yet. So the goal here isn't to just force ourselves to let go of things that our ego feels like it has to hold onto to survive. You can try that and it's going to be like this whirlwind dramatic experience. No. What does the adult do with that teddy bear? It lets the kid hold on to the teddy bear. And it slowly helps the kid to realize that it doesn't need the teddy bear. And eventually the kid realizes, you know what? I don't need to hold on to this anymore. I'm going to let it go. So that's what I want to offer to you around this. We're not trying to force ourselves out of discomfort, but we do want to help ourselves be invited to let go of it. Because if the kid thinks it's supposed to hold on to the teddy bear or doesn't know what to do without the teddy bear, it might just hold on to it because it doesn't have any other sense of direction. So we can give the child some direction and say something like, hey, you know, you don't have to take that with you. You'll, you'll be okay without it if you, don't, 
if you don't feel like you want to take it, let it be fine. Let it, let it be okay to leave it behind. What if you didn't feel like you had to take that with you? We could leave the teddy bear at home. It'll be nice and safe there. And it'll be back if you want it. You can always come back to it. But let's just try out this adventure without it. What do you think? We can present opportunities for the child to say, oh, okay, let me try that out. That gives the child a way to ease away from it. We can do the same with our discomforts of the ego. We can give ourselves the opportunity to let it go. And so that's where those exhales, the tapping into your body, the noticing where it is, inviting it to release, inviting it to transform, gives it the chance to do so. And your body knows what to do. Because your body is tapped into the ego and the soul. So if you are inviting it the opportunity to release, to let go, to transform that teddy bear into something else, that discomfort into something else, to to some light, it'll know how to do it. You don't need to think your way into doing it. You just allow your body to do it by setting up the invitation. So if I were to do a step-by-step, that would be how I would describe it. And this is where coaching can be so powerful because as a coach, I could guide you through this process because it can feel kind of intellectual to guide yourself through it. And we don't want to get you in your brain. We want you to be tapped in to your body. Not all coaches do this, but my approach as your coach is I am your soul's advocate. I'm not against your ego either. I'm helping the two connect so that you can become in alignment. So that you can also know how to connect with that soul and lead from it. So that you then have that own sense of intuitive connection. And you can use that to guide your career, your work, your business, your life forward. So as your coach, I can guide you through this process. And this is something we will be doing in the group coaching program. If you don't feel comfortable Doing this type of work in front of others, though, you want a one-on-one experience, I do do one-on-one coaching too. So in the show notes, you'll find a link where you can sign up for a free call with me so you can learn more about what a one-on-one experience would be like. So just know that's also an option. Okay, so that's what we do when the discomfort is at the ego level alone. And I already shared that when the discomfort's at the soul level, It's there to guide us in a different direction. This still means we release it though. We don't cling to the discomfort because like I mentioned before, the discomfort will look the same, but the source is different. So when the soul is the discomfort driver, it's not that the soul's like, here, let me throw some discomfort at you so you feel awful and then like can come back to me. No, it's actually you. I'm picturing that you just, You're like, you jumped into a lake with all of your clothes on and your shoes on and your jacket on. And your soul's there saying, it could be so much easier if you removed your shoes and your jacket. And you're like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to hold on to these. So it's really not that the soul put this in front of you. It's that you got off track. Not in a bad way. Sometimes we benefit from getting off track because it shows us how hard it is to not be in alignment. But when we get back in alignment, 
It's not that everything is easy, but we are at ease in ourselves because we are connected to ourselves. We've taken the jacket and the boots off and we're swimming in the lake. Without that resistance, they're bogging us down. We'd have never had to jump into that lake with the jacket and the boots on. But what an experience to do that and see the heaviness of it and then take it off and realize how light it can be. That's what it's like. So when the discomfort comes from the soul level, we still let it want to let it go. We want to invite it to release. We want to invite it to transform. But then we don't keep on that path. We redirect. We go in a different direction. To give you an example here, I was in a job once that did not feel aligned. But I kept trying to convince myself that it was okay, that it was the best thing, that it was just uncomfortable because I had some thoughts I needed to work through. Because I, at that time, thought that the discomfort was just from my ego. And so I continually received coaching and got coached at this ego level, thinking I just needed to change my thought and it would all work out. And then I could feel good, and then I could redecide whether I should stay or go from that position, and it was fine. So I continually showed up in this role, as in jumped into the lake, swam in that lake over and over again with all that heavy equipment on, and it started to feel heavier and heavier and heavier, like the water soaking into the boots, and me swimming ferociously in that lake feels heavier because I'm getting more exhausted. And I kept trying to make it work. And I kept making it mean something was wrong with me that I couldn't figure out how to just be content. And this is where coaching also is so helpful because my coach helped me to see, helped me to reconnect with me so that I could realize it's because the discomfort is not coming from my ego, it was coming from my soul. This opened up a whole new world for me. And she did not say it like that. She asked me different questions and I came to this realization. That's the power of a coach. The coach doesn't say, oh, by the way, this discomfort is from your soul because no coach is going to know. You are the only one that knows. So if you're in a similar experience, you've tried to make it work and it just doesn't feel like it's working. I invite for you to ask yourself, where's this discomfort coming from? And sometimes you don't know the answer until you allow yourself to let go of some of the discomfort, until you allow yourself to sift through some of it, because then you don't feel so heavy. That would be like you in that lake, allowing yourself to take the boots off, notice you're swimming freely, and still realize that you actually don't feel like swimming any longer and getting out of the lake. If it were just an ego discomfort, you might have taken the jacket off and swam freely and been like, yes, this is the perfect thing. This is where I was meant to be. And you go swimming for another hour. But from the soul level, it might be you take the jacket off, release the discomfort, and you go, okay, I can breathe now. I feel connected. And you know what? I actually don't want to be in this water anymore. And you, you get out and you go and you do something else. So for me, I released the emotions. And that sounds so lovely, doesn't it? Oh, I just let go of the emotions. Here's what it actually looked like. I remember there was a morning I woke up. I felt sick and tired 
of continually trying to make a position that didn't work, work for me. And I was sick of blaming myself for feeling bad. Those weren't thoughts that were present in my mind, though. I didn't realize that that's what I was thinking. What actually I realized in that moment was my whole body felt terrible. Like I had so much energy in my body. You know, when you're really upset and you feel like you could explode, that's what I felt like. But I literally woke up like that. So it wasn't like I remembered a dream. It just felt like I woke up and that's where I was at. And I remember thinking something is wrong. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I'm sick. Like I feel so uncomfortable. It's like a volcanic eruption was happening inside of me and I didn't know what the heck to do. And so I got up and I went for a super brisk walk because I was like, I just need to breathe. I need to get this out of me. I didn't want to run because that just felt even more chaotic to me. So all I could manage was walking really fast and huffing and puffing basically this whole walk. And I realized my brain kept going to my job. It kept saying, you don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. And I kept feeling the eruption inside. And when I say my brain kept saying that, it it showed up as a thought. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. And that's all I heard over and over. You don't want to be here. As in, you don't want to be in this job. You don't want to be in this job. You don't want to be in this job. And then I'd also hear, but I don't know if I should stop. Aren't I supposed to be okay? Aren't me, shouldn't me as a coach be fine in any situation? Shouldn't I be okay with this? And that also sounded like it was coming from my brain, right? These two both sounded like my brain. So I, in that moment, I was like, my brain is talking to my brain and my brain is confused. What I later realized is one of those was my ego and one of the, one of those was my soul. My, my ego was trying to justify why I should say, stay in the position, but my soul was saying, you don't want to be here. This isn't for you. This isn't where you're meant to be. But in the moment when I'm, because I had all of the energy within me, the discomfort within me was so heavy that I couldn't think or not even think. I couldn't be tapped in clearly enough to myself to know what was what. So you don't want to decide when you're like in that huffy puffiness because you probably can't tell which is which. This was my experience. And I'm telling you a personal example because I want you to realize what it truly can feel like. And so this personal story, I think, can help with that. So I'm on this walk. I'm noticing these sensations inside of me. And I get back home because I feel so dehydrated. I'm like concerned I could like pass out or something. And I was like, what is wrong with me? I think I'm going to puke. And I had that thought and I go to the bathroom and I apologize for anyone who, who doesn't like graphics, but I'll just say I vomited like eight times. I am not kidding you. I have never had that ever before. It hasn't happened ever again over and over and over. And once I was done, I honestly felt really light and relieved. I felt like I had gotten whatever was in me out of me. And my stomach didn't feel queasy. It didn't feel like food poisoning. I've had food poisoning before. This felt different. And in that moment of clarity, I stood up, still in the bathroom, and I realized, okay, you know what? It's time to go. It's time to leave that job. 
I was able to hear and know what was on path for me because I had let go of the resistance. The resistance, when I had it in me, everything started to sound the same. But when I truly released it and let it go, and in this case, it was a lot of resistment resistance. And the more resistance you have, it's because you're more attached. Your ego's more attached to that identity that you've created. So the more you've attached to a specific identity and told yourself this is who you are at an ego level, the harder it can be to let go of. And so for me, I had so many uh, conditions and conditioning that I had gone through, so much of it that pointed to how I was supposed to be in a job, that pointed to how I should just think my way out of any situation because that's what a coach is supposed to do, right? At that time in my life, that's what I was assuming. But it wasn't working. And so there was so much resistance because I had clung so tightly to this identity of what it meant to be me and what coaching meant for me at that time that to let go of it, my ego wasn't going to let it go easily because it's such an identity that it attached to that if it let go of it, it didn't know what would be left. And that's why this one was so hard for me to let go of and came up so physically, so viscerally, so you know, like actually vomiting, all of the emotional releases are not going to be like that for you. Some of them will be very subtle. In this case, it wasn't subtle for me. But by releasing it, it allowed me to then know what to do because the, the releasing is almost like a sign of detaching from the identity. Your ego releasing that aspect, that identity that it clung to, that belief of what it was, letting that transform into something else, letting that dissolve into the butterfly, even though it doesn't know what the butterfly is going to be yet. But it knows that if it lets go, it lets itself believe that if it lets go, the butterfly will be there. That's what it's like. And so the vomiting was the release of the emotion of the tension, of the discomfort so that the butterfly could emerge so that I could hear what was next. And I knew it was, it was so quiet in my mind other than that thought. And then after I had the thought, I did notice my brain, my ego brain, pipe in and say, but are you sure? <laughs> Can you really do this? And I just knew, yeah. This is what's next. And even if it doesn't work out, if me leaving doesn't work out, it's very clear to me that staying isn't working either. And so this is the next step. So I typed up my resignation. And then I let myself wait for the rest of the day because I was still feeling like I didn't want to be reactive. And even though I knew that that's what I wanted, I wanted to give my ego an opportunity to feel a little more comfortable. So I told myself, okay, it's written up. And I went through that whole day of work knowing that I was going to send that letter, that resignation in the morning. And I did the next day. So that is an example for you. And that is how it can feel when your soul is telling you not by giving you discomfort, but by helping you to realize the discomfort and why it's there, the source of it from the soul, so that you can recalibrate with yourself and get on track. And my decision to leave 
I have no regret over and was the best decision I could ever make. So this is what I want to offer to you. Where is the discomfort coming from? And this can be confusing because you can be so in the discomfort that you're not clear. And sometimes the discomfort's coming from both places. Sometimes there's discomfort from your ego about staying or saying yes to something and discomfort at the other level about that same thing, but in the opposite direction. That's often what it'll feel like when it's at the soul level. So this can help you realize where your discomfort is coming from, which will guide you to know whether to lean into the discomfort and push forward. Because if it's only coming from the ego as a fear, it might be a sign for you to work through it, release it, but also move on, do the thing that feels uncomfortable. Push through the discomfort, not from a place of self-mutilation, but from a place of being like, my ego is really scared and that's okay. I'm going to let myself lean into this and push forward knowing I'm here for myself, knowing that my soul stands by me to move forward in this way. So when you're releasing your emotion at or your discomfort, You don't have to wait until it's like you feel completely comfortable to then move forward. Sometimes the ego will still hold on to some discomfort, but that doesn't mean you wait. You still move forward because you have clarity now on what you want to do and you let your fear be there, but you don't let it drive. You, your soul, is in the driver's seat. Thank you for listening to our episode today. And if you are ready to dive into your own soul and you want to be connected with soul-filled self-confidence that allows you to fully show up so you can do your work your way with soul, then join me in our group coaching program. It starts in January, but go ahead and enroll now and you'll get some special bonuses. If you sign up before December 5th, you get an additional five-day bonus self-confidence training to help you feel confident during the holidays. And the sooner you enroll, the sooner you start getting support. So click the link in the show notes to enroll and I will see you there.